Attention Pokemon players, you are listening to 3XP, the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. I am your host, Jake Abrams, alongside Nick Yurko, a.k.a. the Duga Hobbies. Hey Jake, how are you doing today? Pretty good, just uh, been working on the house. Um, my basement has been kind of a, uh, a no-go zone, kind of like just storage throw-all for, the, for a long while now. Uh, and I've been just going through everything and organizing and tr- selling some stuff just to, in preparation of kind of getting my man cave slash like r- some studio going. So I'm eventually planning on like streaming games and stuff and having it down there. And so I'm just trying to do all the prep work to do that. So it's been quite a busy couple days. Nice. Nice. Sounds like, yeah, that's, that's a lot of work. I know that feeling. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, how about yourself? Uh, not bad. I've been actually doing a lot of painting, uh, believe it or not. So uh, finally finished that trophy, got it all primed and stuff. And, Sweet. Uh, yeah, pretty happy about that. And then I also got... That's looking good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's been fun. I got <laughs> one last... Actually, I got one little extra detail that I kind of keep in hidden, and I'm not really telling anyone about, so uh, uh-huh. I can't wait to unveil it. It hurts so good. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so um, yeah, just why it's just it's fun. It's all you know. I'm happy how things are going along here, and uh, I don't know, just uh, it's been pretty good for me on that end. Good, good, very awesome. Uh, so today, uh, I, originally, uh, I wanted to just slot this uh, this this podcast here for uh, Eternatus. Um, but I also wanted to talk, uh, give a little bit of a rundown because Players Cup 2 has started um, to kind of give uh, our takes on it, what we've seen, how we've done, um, what we've been running, uh, kind of kind of a thing. And then we'll jump into the uh, the, the Eternatus breakdown. Yeah, I'm excited about this because this is a uh, we've been debating when to talk about Eternatus. And I think this is a great time, too, uh, especially since you know last episode, we definitely Gave him a lot of high praise. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so let's start uh, start with your uh, Players' Cup experience. All right. Well, it's been weird. I that's best thing I can really say. Just straight right. weird. Um, the way it's played out for me so far is the success I've seen in there, and I actually haven't won one yet. Um, oh. yeah, I, I'm under 20 matches in total, which I was, you know, anticipating. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's also, I'm, you know, <laughs> I have adapted my play style so greatly since starting the players cup that I have seen an improvement in my play. Well, that's good. Yeah, so that's what I'm taking from it uh, more than anything. And I'm not letting it beat me up because I've had some heartfelt losses. Uh, you saw my message <laughs> in the one where, you know, oh, if I prevent them from getting the the, the stadium, like, oh, I, I win this game because they can't get get enough fire. And then, well, they had four giant hearse into their deck, so yeah, that was that was heartbreaking. Um, yeah, but. You know that it, it is what it is on that one, but I uh, you know at the same time though I feel like I'm good against the meta decks, 
uh, I'm not good against some of the more obscure decks. And that's where I feel like my game has been improving because I'm getting better at adapting. Like, I know the basic strategy for meta decks, but I don't know yes. some of the other basic strategies out there that have caught me off guard. And that's that's the kicker for me, working on that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, again, this is like our first go at a, a real big tournament, both of us. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been you know, in the game for less than a year, but with COVID going on, it's just been hard, and we haven't really jumped into any of those um, uh, Discord servers for, for other tournaments. So this is the first real crack that we've both had. So right. as long as you're learning, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the way I have to take it, you know, it's especially when you're coming into the game and uh, my, my, under, you know, how I learned from my other tabletop games or my other board games and any of my competitive games, really, I, I, I have to, I have to go in open-minded and uh, be able to adapt. Yeah, definitely. So, so what have you been running for the majority of the Players' Cups in the, in the games that you've been playing? Well, I've completely switched over to Torkoal V. Okay. Out of nowhere. But uh, it has been my most success. I kept consistently coming second place with it. Uh, you know, so I'm getting two wins, no problem. Uh, I'm just having a tough time getting that final win now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but otherwise, That's... yeah, I, I mean, it's been a absolute blast to use. Uh, I will take on ADP and... Uh, fell any times. Uh, I've lost ADP fell. one time. No, this or, isn't X Wings. <laughs> sorry, I I'll take on Eternatus uh, and ADP anytime, but uh, you know ADP's only beat me once, and that's just because Alter Creation is still. Uh, yeah, Alter Creation boss boss. Yes. Bam. Yeah, uh, but you know it is what it is. Uh, it just yeah. it just takes a lot more thought. Yeah, I agree. How's Player's Cup been going for you? What's your experience? All right, so so day one, I actually, day one and two, I went nuts, and I had 20 games played. Uh, actually, wow. no, I'm sorry. I take that back. I had 18 games played after two days. Jeez. And I started with straight Eternatus, and I started off hot. After, and I was playing, and to be honest, basically all I've seen is Senescorch, Eternatus, ADP. And in those first 18 tournaments, I had 48 points. Whew. And Great I was start. feeling pretty good because that's like a 2.8 average. And, you know, obviously five is the most you can have. And I was feeling pretty good after those first two days 18 tournaments so you know i switched up to the intellion and i tried a couple semi scorch and i hit a wall like i had some unlucky play um like so i switched that first game i had a intellion i bricked out and then i had a, a very unlucky loss the next tournament so back-to-back losses in top eight so then i was frustrated so i went back to went back to um Eternatus, and then just played poorly for the two. So out of four tournaments, I got one point. So uh, I should have just stopped there. And I didn't. (laughs) So I kept going, and I'm now, what, 35 tournaments in, and I have 58 points. 
Yeah. So I can I can understand the frustration there, especially after I, such an explosive start. So I was I was playing frustrated and I was making stupid mistakes and I should have walked away, but I'm too stubborn. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure I kind of screwed myself out of it. Um, I still have 15 tournaments to go, but I have to play like I did in the first ones to have a chance. And even at that, I think I'm probably kind of worked my way out of it. I don't know. But that being said, this is my first first tournament. I'm trying to learn, you know, try to learn lessons. You know, sometimes you have to walk away just to regroup, even if it's a day or two. And that's kind of what I've done. I haven't played uh, in Players Cup for like 24 hours now. And I'm trying to like clear my mind. <laughs> right, right. You know, and I want to make a quick note, though, with mine is like, I, I'm not saying... Torkoal V is like the end all to be all for me right now um, by any stretch of the means. It has just been the weirdest counter to counters or counter to the, the, the top two that has worked out yeah. really well for me. Um, yeah. And, and, and part of that is, is because I've mine such a welder focused heavy deck uh, that I'm my return. My, my, even when I've bricked, I've, I've come back. Mm-hmm. I've come back very yeah. well. Uh, yeah, especially and, being a uh, a basic, you can just get that welder and you're you're off and running at right. that point. Right, and, and it's been it's been funny because like some of the more obscure decks, then they are ready. They're kind of counters to you know ADP and Eternatus or some of the other the other top meta decks. Um, you know, my one opponent assumed that I was a Senna Scorch deck. Mm-hmm. And they were banking on everything being ready for Senescorch. Uh, and I just, you know, I just built up Torkoal V and they focused on, you know, th- who they, they ended up going after like Houndoom I had in the deck. They, they didn't, they, they wouldn't go for Torkoal. And then Torkoal just took out all their energy and did a ton of damage. And then they just, they gave up. I did, I, I only, yeah. I only took two or three prizes that game too. It was just, you know, yeah. you could tell they were trying to set up for something else. And then, and I believe it was for Senate Scorch, which would make most sense. But then they just yeah. bag, bagged it. Agreed. Re- real quick. What was your most interesting matchup that you've seen? Where, like, what, what did you view as your most learning matchup in, in this whole experience so far? I mean, the ADP matchup's pretty straightforward. It's just try to knock him out before he spreads energy. And then it's kind of... They're playing huge catch-up. Um, it's not to say that they can't still pull it off, mm-hmm. uh, but at that point, it's just too hard to usually get two Zacians ready to go and the two bosses, so it's uh, quite a bit. The mirror match is really kind of... I mean, you, it, it's better to go first, but if you don't, it's not unwinnable. It's just kind of... I feel it's whoever hits into the Eternatus VMAX first usually has a, a good chance uh, so those those players that play like hoopa he comes up and you know they'll come up and try to kill hoopa i i don't know if that's the best the best strategy there uh i think the the most interesting has been the center scorch matchup because there's a lot of a lot of nuance that goes into that matchup because it depends if they got their flare starter off um if you can boss up and hit them but usually, if you're the Eternatus player, you do not want to kill that um, Volcanian, in my experiences. Because anytime, like I've done it a couple times where I've jumped up and killed that Volcanian, and then my then my Eternatus is in a 
huge amount of trouble because I got one prize and now they're basically either getting close to killing my Eternatus and in some some of those matchups, the Santa Scorch player does have a couple goons, which can really come back to bite me. Um, so you, sometimes you just got to hang back and let the Santa Scorch player come up to you and knock out, uh, even if it's a two-prizer, just knock it out in the active, then you can start rolling. So I would say the Santa Scorch has definitely been the most interesting matchup. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, that's we, we were trying to figure out why this explosive turnaround and, you know, part of the, when we were talking about being Santa Scorch being top five after we kind of gave it a low rating, I think we're kind of understanding the how some of these other players are playing it now, too, so. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a few different ways, um, even since our episode on Santa Scorch that I've seen. Um, I've even seen some with Jirachi, Scoop of Nets, and Goons, and stuff like that. It seems to work pretty well for them. But yeah, uh, I would say enough about uh, Players' Cup for now. We'll go into the meat of the, the podcast. Real quick, though, we'll do a quick interruption break for a TCGO code. Oh, well... <laughs> this right. week it's not me <laughs> this week it is the duke giving you the codes here with uh starting off with a sword and shield rebel clash code p v g nine v four seven l c b h d z and yep that's it okay let's do hopefully this. you guys uh, pull something there all right, Jake, with Eternatus, what is your basic strategy for playing this deck? Um, well, the basic strategy, um, no matter how you build it, is just get as many Pokemon out on your bench as possible while getting at least one to two Eternatus um, VMAX up. That way, if they knock one of your Eternatus out, you're not losing your whole bench space. Now, there's a lot of different ways to go about that. Actually, I, I was, that was my next actually going to be my next question for you though. You, you you're saying one to two in your bench, you know how? Well, long, I mean, well, I guess one in your active, one on your bench. Okay, I I my question really is, you know, how long do you try to keep an Eternatus to do the energy dispersion in the active spot before you switch over to Eternatus? Like, what do you what do you when do you feel most comfortable switching over? And evolving him into VMAX. Oh, second turn. If you go first, uh, second turn. That that quickly. That way, I mean, your basic strategy, if you go first, is to get an Eternatus with the energy and get as many Pokemon on the board as possible, even if it's one or two on the bench. And then second turn, you just want to really go for those Crobats, Professors, and just throw Zigzagoons and any other tech Pokemon you want um, onto your bench. So you can hit that 270, and hopefully with those pings, knock out whatever's in the active. If it's a big, if it's a big boy. Now there's a bunch of different tech Pokemon you could use. Um, a lot of people like to use the Hoopa. Actually, both the Hoopas, um, the new one and the one I forget what set it was from, but it hits for like 100, 120 or something for damage. Um, you talking about I think evil abomination, or are you talking about the 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 current one with the ninety assault game? I think both. I, I've seen both. Yeah, um, I, I I use both. I have one of each, yeah. and a part. The only reason for that is it's actually a weakness thing. One's weak mm -hmm. to grass; the other one is weak to fighting. Yeah, and if you come up against no, I mean, a decidue, I've seen it go. That's why 
I, I will use the one that's weak to fighting yeah. as much as possible. So I haven't really seen a lot of Decidueye. Uh, so I really don't really tech for him now. And I know that might be kind of a bad strategy, but it's it's worked out so far. The tech Pokemon I really like to use is I use a two count of Absol just to try to, I mean, in the mirror match, it's kind of useless with the stadiums and the, and the hiding energy that your opponent normally has. But against against ADP, against Santa Scorch, a lot of those lists do de depend on the balloon to get from your active to your bench. And if you have two Absol out there, that you might strand something. So I usually run a two Absol, four Zigzagoon, four Crobats, and then I have a four three count of, of the Eternatus. The I'll, I'll be honest with you. The only Eternatus I've lost to in the Players Cup so far are the ones that have used Absol. And yeah, especially if you're not running the Eternatus, it could be a really big burden on you to try to switch. I mean, there are decks that don't care because they'll use Jirachi or Coons, so they'll have four the four um, switches and the four nets against those decks. It's not so much, but if you're if they have bigger Pokemon up there that they don't want in the active it could be a, a really game, big game changer so a lot of also a lot of other people also play like the dark city and the the prism star forget the forget the name of that one the um, one that I, reduces um uh, yeah as long prizes. as there's an energy yeah on that dark pokemon it reduces prizes i started off not playing with it just because i didn't have it um so i actually threw in the power plant and that's actually won me quite a few games because people don't expect the power plant in a turn of this list and then they'll especially against like mu players they just hate it but even then like the dene's in adps they'll throw the dene down not paying attention because they you're playing a turn of this you're not really worried about power plant and bam they're just stuck there now they have no no card draw and they're kind of dead in the water yeah, uh, I, I started using Power Plant actually as an intermix in some of my other decks, um, other than the Fire ones, and mm -hmm. it's been rather amusing. You know, I know, and this this is a limited use, though. I think that's a, the caveat with this card, though. Uh, yeah. I, I, we are seeing less and less Dedendes out there because of the effectiveness of Crobat, and that's understandable, because, and Crobat will be in the game longer. Yeah, I mean, that being said, there, there are still... A good amount of Dedenne's. He's he's still oh, yeah. depending on the deck. Dedenne could still be better than Crobat. Right, right. I mean, I, that's not to diminish that. I, I just that's that weird little caveat for it uh, that I, uh, yeah. I would yeah yeah. But yeah, so going back to your first question, the bit the basic strategy is just load up your bench and just destroy. How about the matchups for Eternatus? I wanted to talk about the ADP matchup first because that's where most of the most of the games were played. I played thirty of these matchups, and ten of them went to the turn of this, only losing ten to ADP. And like I said before, the the basic strategy is just kill that ADP before he gets off his um, his his first actual attack. If you can kill him, you're forcing the ADP player to have to pivot and get energy on two separate Zacians back-to-back turns and two bosses to kill something on on your bench because they cannot kill an Eternatus and at, 
you know, without in a one shot. So they are really in a disadvantage. So you could really basically just win the game after you kill that first or this, the first Zacian. So there you're at five prizes and usually the player will give up at that point. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, always a good feeling when you see that surprise victory against yeah. ADP. Uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's not really a surprise because you, you have five prizes and yes, they alter creation, but they've taken zero. Yeah, but it, it's always nice that, you know, when you get that, just that it, it, absolute concede. Um, yeah. Just, it's, it's, it, to it me, is it's nice. a good feeling against there. <laughs> yeah. So, I, like I said, going into the, the interesting matchup, the Santa Scorch, I've played this one 20 times, and we got, we got it pretty close. It's 13-7 it's to 7, uh, in, in Turtida's favor. Again, that's, it's really just a matter of who gets our big attack off first, because um, Santa Scorch can definitely one-shot one um, the Eternatus. But going into the, you know, what I said back when I, we reviewed the, the Santa Scorch, it's st I still feel it's true that if the Santa Scorch player loses his Santa Scorch, it's harder for him to pivot into a second attacker than it is for the Turnitus. So that's why I think that matchup is slightly in the favor of uh, Eternatus over Santa Scorch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with that. That's it's the other than you know you've had a couple bad matchups yourself against it. Uh, you know wh what were the other notable things though that you might have seen when playing that, or like what are the notable changes that you've made? Uh, for as far as the Sense Scorch player, yeah, as the Eternatus player playing against Sense Scorch, as the Eternatus player, when I first started playing the matchup, I was if I went first, you know, they would do their flare starter, and then I would just jump in there and kill the Volcanian for the free prize. But I've been kind of trying to hold back on that and trying to force the Sense Scorch player to knock out whatever's in my active. So for example, you were asking, hey, when do you want to evolve? Sometimes in this matchup, you don't necessarily want to. Um, so say you have a VMAX on your bench and have a regular, you can kind of spread the energy while doing kind of a little bit of ping damage and then try to entice the Santa Scorch player to come and knock out that two-prizer so then that way you can follow it up with some zig, zig pings and, and knock him out before he builds up the energy. Um, that case, because if you knock out the Volcanian, he'll come up and he can very easily one shot you at that point. Right, right. So the first the big hit on you know is very important in that matchup. That's interesting. You no, know, I, I that timing. I, I'll be honest with you. One of the things I find with Eternatus is I feel that there is a little more strategy. It, it's a straightforward deck, but yet it has you have to play it smart you can make some really big mistakes with it. and Yes. And and, and there's almost no recoveries in, with some of those mistakes. And Sometimes, yeah, there, it is not. I mean, he, he only needs two energy, and that can lend you to, you know, comebacks. But depending on the matchup, if you, if you go behind or make a, a key mistake, it's kind of hard. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's my my big thing with Eternatus there. 
Mm-hmm. All right. And, and so another matchup here is just the Eternatus um, versus Eternatus. I've played this one another 30 times, and this one actually went basically uh, 15-15. Uh, it's, like I said, you want to go first so you can try to, like, build up your your Eternatus and have them ready to go turn two. But it's not the end-all, be-all. Um, if you go second, you can do that energy spread and really kind of have, you know, a second guy ready to go to knock him out. It's really kind of like the text. So a lot of the times I've lost in this matchup, it was against Hammers. It was it was a Eternatus with Hammers. And he would hit me, and I would have the response to hit him to take him out. But before he hit me, he hammer, hammer, and I just lose my energies. And then I'm like, well, now I'm just kind of stuck here. I can't do anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when hammers when hammers hit, that can be pretty frustrating at times. Yes, yeah. Uh, hammers, it doesn't like hammers. So I actually started running a couple of the uh, turbo patch to kind of counter that. Or even I've even had it where a couple games I had just an Eternatus. He he didn't have any energies. He's in the active. I had some energies on the uh, on the discard. Flipped one, actually two two turbo patches. One failed, one hit. Attached and energy evolved knockout. It, it was kind of nice there. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, it, I, from what I've been seeing played, you know, it, these these subtle changes that to Eternatus uh, can make a, quite a big difference. Again, it, it really is. It really is matchup depend dependent. Like if you know you're going into uh, a more crushing hammer or energy discard uh, mm-hmm. field then it might be worth investing in that you know it's i can it's easy to justify investing in that uh but you know and i you're seeing success some success with it at least uh, uh, yeah it is. It's, it's just a light counter to it yeah it just hammers are everywhere in in any deck i've seen it from adp mm-hmm. to eternatus to to even even the uh, the Santa Scorch, where you don't typically think, oh, that's an energy denial deck. Um, but yeah, I've seen it happen there too. Yeah, I've actually seen the uh, my opponent not evolve their Santa Scorch to do the 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 first attack on Santa Scorch to make me lose energy. Yeah, um, and that was all dependent because they got the crushing hammer to go off, and then I lost one, and then I lost the second one. Yeah. Yep, that that's always a risk when you're you're running a a manual attached list. Mm-hmm. So I mean that that's its biggest weakness, uh, really is is the energy denials and if they can get that up and rolling. Yeah. Now. So let's talk about well, real quick. Energy we, denial. Yeah, I was about to say. Okay. Let, 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 actually, let, if we're going to talk about energy denial, then. Um, one of the noticeable changes, and I've seen at least in the Players' Cup and how it's impacted my opinion of Eternatus, then is the Torkoal V list out there. Um, okay, so Torkoal V, I, I've ha- I have played against that, and I actually have not lost to it with Eternatus. Um, I've only I've only played four games against it. Um, obviously, went four zero against it. When I see that Torkoal, I know, okay, 
I got to pump the jets on trying to like knock things out. I need to have just a regular turn of this in the active and kind of just spread energy out. And that way, if he is hitting me and taking one of my, one of my guys energies away, I can just pivot into the next guy and knock him out. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I lost to it once and I never lost to it again with my Eternatus. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and that's my weaker version of it too. But from being the person playing a Torkoal V deck, the success, it, it really comes down to this is a mind game of when you bring the Torkoal up versus yes. when they have it. So, you know, I, from my experience of it, I know that I'm going to win the, the Torkoal Eternatus matchup is if there's two Torkoals on the bench, basically a welder's away or one manual attach away, ready to go. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I have not seen Eternatus recover from that yet. Again, that that's, that's banking on a lot because Eternatus could be doing enough damage that, well, maybe they end up taking out one of those Torkoals, you know, just taking it out they're going to do a ton of damage um probably and you're not going to you know if you already lost too many prizes you're you're behind in that but if you've if you're taking out all the energy you could still even recover so it it is this you know like you were saying this back and forth of when when do i switch when do i bring up the heavy hitter or do i leave them still on the bench yeah now in your experience does does the uh, Eternatus player see the Torkoal and kind of start spreading energies, or is he just knocking things out with no care in the world? One time, my opponent knew what I was doing. And I okay. still won the matchup. And they realized it, but that's because I got enough bosses in order. Um, okay, yeah. yeah. So that that was... Yeah, if you, if you, have, I, him, I, if you I, have him charged up in boss, there's... Yeah, there's no, GG at that point. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing he could do. But that was I got I knew I was ahead. He re, he started recovering. My opponent started recovering and was doing the what in my opinion the right play. But it, again, I got lucky on that end. So that that's an outlier in my opinion. Because uh, again, the reverse scenario is my turn of this experience. I've I'm looking through my notes here actually right now. This I wrote it down, random Torkoal, <laughs> in my <laughs> in my book, and um, I am yeah one loss six wins so uh, nice yeah that that's it, it, you have to recognize it as soon as I see a Torkoal out onto the field and it's not and, and like I know there's a Senate Scorch I still aim for the Torkoal um, you know especially if there's no real energy on Senate Scorch because they can adapt. Uh, yeah, but if they're if they've already started up overloading their Senate Scorch, I, well, obviously I'm gonna try and take out the Senate Scorch uh, instead because they most likely have invested too much into Senate Scorch. Yeah, I agree with that point. Another energy denial deck is the Inteleon matchup. I've played that seven times. I've gone three and four against it. Uh, the first two times I played it, I I just kind of butchered. The way I my attempt is uh, to go against it. Um, again, you need to you need to spread your energies out, and you can't just start smashing things. Even if you have a, even if you have the kill shot on a one to two to three prizer, 
if they have an Intellion VMAX setup, they're more than likely going to either like Crushing Hammer or Team Yelgrunt or a Garatina on top of his snipe shot. And you're out of energy at that point and you're kind of SOL. So sometimes you still just kind of have to hold back and just wait for that moment when you can have that boss to take out um, take out the Inteleon. But uh, again, this, this matchup also, even if you play it right and you're trying to spread your energies out, even if they're on your bench, you can't really do much about hammers if, if, they, if they flip heads. And I've had those games where they flip four heads and you're like, well, this game is over. <laughs> now, Jake, with, all, with these couple matches here, is it worth running one rose in the deck? For I mean, like, he was built for VMAXs. Yes. And, and you know... At least I could say lore-wise, it makes perfect sense why the ability the way it is. So is it worth running one of them? I don't think so right now. Um, I could be wrong. The problem with, like, Eternatus relies so much on Crobats and Professors for their, for his, um, you know, having cards in hand to give him options. Now, I can see the point where Rose can quickly just bam, bam, give him his energy back and start hitting. But then you're, with, unless it's like the game-winning play, then you're just kind of just drawing from hand. And that's never a good place to be in when you're Eternatus, especially if you don't quite have a full bench. If your bench is like halfway full, you're just, it's not a good feeling. Now, if you do one rose in there you know and you see you're not facing energy denial well that's like your quick ball card right yes um, but if you're if you if you do see that energy denial i guess that i i i you know i'll be funny i'm asking this question but i still agree with you that it's not worth it uh, just because like you said you're trying to get that hand filled up as fast as possible you're trying to use all those crowbats and professors so you know it's and get the and get the bench built and ready. Yeah. So it, you know I, that's why. I, You're trying to make Rose know. work. I guess I, I guess this is something we actually have to ask the community. Like any of the Eternatus players out there, are you running Rose at all? Are you seeing success with it? I think we just don't have enough uh, sample size for that, in my opinion, right now. Yeah, I, a lot of those decks that maybe could use Rose really want that Silvalli. Um, with you know the 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 brave buddies or whatnot, where or the disc reload, where he, he can just get that bench or your hand size back up to five. Now, obviously, Eternatus can't run him because he's not dark. So I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, maybe something in the future. Still, I'm not not a fan of Rose until I see him work like consistently at a competitive level. I don't know. I. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Now, another interesting matchup I want to uh, talk about here is the Santaconda or the Colossal build, because I've seen this this matchup ten times and I've only lost to it once. Everybody's trying to build up this these you know fighting decks being the Eternatus killer. It just doesn't seem to work quite 
fluid enough to consistently beat Eternatus, at least in the games I've played against it. I agree. I, you know, we talked about this when I played Santa Conda uh, in our episode. I think the better players, the players who pay attention, they're, they know how to adjust against the fighting decks right now. Yeah. Um, and they can adapt and they'll swing the game back in their favor. And yes, Colossal is great for, you know, the opposite. You lost the, someone, well, the energy comes back up. But you're also susceptible to the fact that they could boss, kill a Colossal, and if you don't have that second one ready. Yep. It's, it's stage, pretty much yeah, game stage over. Two, yeah, it's a ba- I yeah. feel bad. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. I I still don't think fighting is up there against... Um, right as of right now yeah well in in a in a month and a half or so we'll see when uh all the new fighting love comes out yep all right jake so any other matchups or decks that you think are notable against for eternatus actually yeah mad party and baby blounce kind of both went 50 50 the problem with both of those decks single prize yeah the single single prize prize. so so eternatus is great against all those meta decks especially like adps and and you know center scorches because they can knock out those big boys and they're taking multiple prizes but those one prize decks can be an issue especially the baby blounts is as far as i've done it's been 50 50 but it just feels bad because it feels like that baby blunt is just going to one shot and oftentimes does just one shot your return of this um and it's a very feels bad. Like you'll come up there, you'll knock something out, and then that stinking Oracorio comes out and just spreads all the cards. He gets what he needs, and just three fifty, bam, you're dead. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, like the Mad Party game can go like that, where like early game it's kind of going your way, um, especially if they're not playing their two prizes on the on the bench too much. Um, and every time you knock somebody out they're just kind of getting stronger and sometimes at the end of the like towards the end of the game they're just hitting you like it's nothing right have you seen have you changed up your strategy where you've played other single prizes against it Um, no i don't so i don't worry like so in general i keep my deck the same and i'm not trying to like meta meta game against one prizers because you still don't see them that consistently to try to tech against them, in my opinion. I c- well, the- I, I'm not saying tech against them, build against it. Uh, in-game strategy. See, it, well, so in-game to- strategy have actually used quite a in a quite a many uh, games. Um, use my crowbats to attack, especially <laughs> against like Mad Party or even. I had one game where I used my crowbat to attack, um, and I you know I boss up a Dedene and. On my second hit, my crowbat killed him, but killed him with the poison instead of like just normal damage. So in that matchup, the Oricorio actually didn't come into effect. Because Oricorio is if I knock him out with, with uh, with like the, the damage attack. from the attack. Right, because it's at the status change phase. Yeah. So uh, yeah, in those matchups, I'll use my crowbats to to attack, especially if I can turbo patch and then then attach to the crowbat. It's it's worked in the past. I mentioned earlier, at least I, I've used the hoopas. 
uh, I hate assault gate. I'll be honest with you that Hoopa more than anything. Cause I hate how it has to be in the bench and you move it to active, but it has to be on that turd. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of a, it's kind of a pain dealing with that. Uh, but against the single prizers, that's the only time it, I've seen Hoopa yeah, be but, effective. So even against a baby blounts, you're not knocking out a baby blount because he's only hitting 90. Right. Against well, Mad Party, the evil, cool. abom- the evil abomination one, you can th- sometimes True. the bench is full enough that you can do enough damage uh, with the evil abomination. But yeah, I mean, you're you're not enough. It's they're they're not enough against that. They're enough against. Uh, the mad parties and decidueyes and oops, the goon decks. Yeah. That's, that's the only real success I've ever seen with Hoopa is really those two. Uh, the, you know, against baby blouse. Yeah. I've been fortunate enough. I know the, I have in here that my notes is that I've only played it twice. I've won it against it twice and it had to probably come down to, I was able to take out the, 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 the two prizers. Fast yeah, enough yeah. It's just a matter of if they need them, and that's the one saving grace against the baby blounts matchup is because they do tend to play the Oricorios and at least one Dedene or even uh, Zacian for that early game um, yep. consistency. So that can, you know, turn the tide in your favor. Right, right. Are there any other must include Pokemon that you put in your Eternatus deck? I mean, Crobats and Zigzagoons are the musts. Um, and I would say put four of each. Um, aside from that, it's really personal preference. Um, a lot of people will play the, like those one prize attackers like Spiritomb or either of the Hoopas. Um, and I've even seen like Sableyes, even though that's a double prizer. Um, I like I like the Absol route for more of the disruption. Um but yeah, as far as must-haves, four of Crobats, four Zigzagoons. Okay. Now, what are the must? What is the must-have tech card in 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 that deck? Must-have? I don't know if there's a must-have tech card. My favorite tech card is is that power plant. It's it's funny how many people overlook it, especially playing against Eternatus. <laughs> but again, I am the only one that I've seen play Power Plant in an Eternatus list, so I don't know if that's really a must-have. That's just kind of like a personal preference, like a, a Ha Got You card. But for the most part, Eternatus is pretty straightforward and on what you want. Aside from like, I don't know, six cards, depending on which Pokemon you want. Um, usually the stadium supporter line's about the same, because you want, you want four, four bosses, four... Um, professors and maybe a couple marnies in there um besides from that yeah it's just you know four or five cards that might go different ways depending on items and or pokemon all right all right well if, if that's it then for eternatus um i think uh we got we got some community talk yeah some community talk with uh with a lot of this player t- uh players cup going on um it, it's good to you know play games that matter um, I find it fun, even if you know you don't do well. It's always a good learning experience if you want to improve your game. Um, so with you know with that going on, there's also a lot of other 
good tournaments that you can play elsewhere online um, through the you know Discords, Facebooks, uh, Twitters. They're they're all over the place. Yeah. Um, so what we wanted to do here is we wanted to try you know let everyone know that a few that we know about and. So if you guys can try and get involved with them, that's great. Uh, you know, just to, to play other people and kind of learn to help learn the game if you're new to the game or, you know, just to help even test out your deck. Like, because ladder testing is one way, but really actually trying to play and, um, you know, play against people who are in that same mindset, I think goes a long way to help and improve a deck. Definitely. And even like, when we're playing locally, it's it's great to play, you know, in those local tournaments. But usually you're playing that same group of guys or gals. So you kind of start to learn, you know, the niche of, you know, the local play. But it's always nice to see and play against other people and other people's strategies with, you know, the same meta decks and or, um, you know, you know, those core decks. But just to play against other people, Um yeah, we know, a... we, we know how to play against each other. <laughs> That's yeah. the problem with me and you playing in games against each other right now. Yeah. We, we we can anticipate a move, and then we'll do something that's like, wait, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah, you're like, yeah, I know, but you, you're going to do this. Yeah. Ah, yeah, so then, yeah. That, yeah, that warps your, your, um, your mindset right. into that matchup because we're so used to playing each other that, um, you know, it might not or help you... in the, you know, down the road playing that same matchup against some other person right uh, uh, yeah it, again yeah it, like you might bring a specific card for that person yeah uh, and you, you you know and that that's the only time it's effective so uh, this is a great way to really get yourself out of that rut in my opinion yeah i agree so yeah so a couple of the uh the the good places to go check out if you guys are interested in in joining some uh, tournaments now a lot of some of these are once a week or bi-weekly or you know once a day you just really kind of have to check um but but uh a big shout out to you know the limitless people um they have you know limitless puts on a good good tournament i've actually did one of their uh the first limitless uh qualifiers back when i first started i got my butt kicked but it was a blast um, they run everything through Discord, and you can kind of ed- kind of go through their Discord to see how to sign up and when uh, tournaments are popping up. And that's Limitless TCG, right? Yes. Another good one is the Atlas Collectibles Championship Series. Uh, they have an open Discord. It's easy to get into. I'm going to include a lot of links in the show notes for these ones that we can either to their discord or to their main websites. But yeah, they do, they do a lot of uh, events. They have a good calendar. So check those out. I have not personally done one. I've just recently found them out and can't wait to start getting involved in them. Okay. And then one last one is the, the full grip series. Uh, I know a lot of you guys watch uh, tricky gym on, on YouTube or Twitch. They, what I've heard from people are those uh, tournaments are, really fun and they go pretty flawlessly as well so check them out i know that one i think is bi-weekly so jake i think you forgot one actually i was just thinking about that i was hoping you would call me out <laughs> yeah we we have one do we yes we have a discord and we do we're doing our own league play so uh, the way our leagues are structured, at least right now, this shameless plugin, is that we're trying to do more of a round robin style, 
give out a lot of prizes in the round robin style more you play and then that's going to build your seed uh for the uh playoff bracket so a majority of the players are going to make the playoff bracket we will do cuts for a playoff and it's player dependent Mm -hmm. but yeah so uh you know but the more you play the more prizes you get the further along you get the more prizes you uh, you'll earn and we even have some really couple unique prizes where you can earn cards in this this first one we're doing is a elite trainer box yeah and the last thing you get is if you win it your name gets added to that trophy that i finished so stanley cup style if you're yep. unaware of that one so we're going to add your name to the bottom of it and hopefully we build up this trophy and have to do multiple multiple layers yeah, that would be nice. Uh, you know, 10 years from now, it'll be uh, from floor to ceiling. <laughs> yeah, it, it could very well happen. It's a pretty tall statue. It's a pretty tall trophy. So. Yeah, we might we might have to start doing plaques if it gets that long. But yeah, it, uh, your your name will be on it forever. And uh, who doesn't want to be the first one on the trophy? You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I'm trying to get it. This is the one I want more than yeah. anything. Right if now. I win this one. And then lose the rest of them. I'm cool because my name will be front and center. It won't ever move. What are you talking about? I'm putting them on. I'm putting it back. If yeah, yeah, yeah. If I win, you put it in the back. Anybody else wins, front and center stays. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that pretty much covers it right now. If anyone in the group, anyone listening, has any other groups that are looking to, you know, or have tournaments and. Uh, events let us know you know we'll reach out we're on twitter we're on uh facebook and our discord server yeah we're you know i think we we try to include as much as we can so the last thing we want to do is not uh bring those up all right all right jake i think that's about it then for today yeah i would say yeah i i just want to hear feedback from all you guys and um hope to see you uh on all our social media and uh on the ladder or in person one more thing. We ah. have another code to give out. Ah. And I'm doing it again, and this is a Darkness Ablaze code. So, J-H-L-4-6-K-4-4-Y-M-2-Y-4. No dogs or boys in that one, so that worked out really well. I yes, picked the easy ones on purpose. <laughs> All right, then. Bye. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to Triple P. The best way to support us is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get podcasts. You can leave us a comment or question on Twitter at PitPokeyPod or on the Triple P Facebook page. We also stream box openings online and live play at twitch.tv slash duke of hobbies there you can earn tcgo codes and more if you have made or know any pokemon artists send us a message and we will feature an artist each episode gotta catch them all